Welcome to Head Over Feels, the podcast where we discuss matters of the heart while also using our heads, blending emotional awareness with intellectual relationship skills. We promise raw, real, and sometimes ridiculous advice on love, sex, and relationships. I'm Megan Sundra. And I'm Fernando DV. We're here to tag team you with juicy insights, tantalizing tools, and sometimes embarrassing anecdotes in order to help you have the best love life ever. On this week's episode, we'll be answering questions about keeping the spark alive, conflicting closeness needs, scratchy beard during oral sex, and sex toy shaming. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, First, we would like to request you guys to leave a review for us in the Apple Podcast app. If you haven't done so already, why haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) It's about damn time, people. Right? You're back. You're listening to the show. You like it, presumably, yeah? So leave us a little love. We would appreciate it so, so much. Yeah. And the reason why we ask you for iTunes reviews, because apparently no other podcast platform has a worthy or notable (laughs) review system. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So this one does matter, and it helps us get a gauge in, you know, I guess the trajectory here. So for the people who have, thank you for showing your love. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And additionally, if you uh, are unsure or want to know where to submit questions, you can go to headoverfeelspod.com slash contact Mm -hmm. and fill out the form right there that Megan had created. And you can be as anonymous as you'd like, put as many details, uh, longer details, always encouraged, but not required. (laughs) And yeah, if you want to use your name, great. If you don't want to, that's fine too. Yeah, uh, make up a fake one. <laughs> we'll still answer your question to the best of our ability here on the show. Um, so please feel free to be as honest and raw as you can. Yes. <laughs> Ask us anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excited to talk about the uh, sex toy stuff. Yo, me too. I yeah. have some strong opinions. <laughs> I'm ready to get feisty. <laughs> I've known some men in my life who felt very insecure mm. whenever sex toys get brought up. They mm-hmm. feel it's like a very indicative of a lack of performance needs. And it's like, yeah, Ooh. well, unless your hand can vibrate a thousand times in a minute, <laughs> then uh, it's okay that, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> there are just things that machines can do better, but it doesn't mean it's it's a that it's any indicator that you are less awesome because of it. Yeah. And so we're going to talk more about that later. I can't wait. <laughs> So let's go right into our questions. Our first letter comes from Rachel, a 24-year-old cis woman. She writes, Hey, Megan and Fernando, me and my partner have been together for about two years now. Our relationship is the most healthy, mutual, supportive relationship either of us have have ever been in. We are so in love and our sex sex life is flourishing more and more the longer we are together. He is about 10 years older than me and he has been in significantly more long-term relationships than I have. And while we have done an amazing job at continuing to try new to both of us things together in and out of the bedroom, I keep wondering about how people are, are always saying, Oh, that spark will fade after a couple years together, or there's less and less sex after the honeymoon phase. Can you guys speak to the validity of these statements? I really don't feel anything changing, but this is my longest relationship. So I'm feeling a little inexperienced. I feel like sex in long-term relationships isn't talked about enough and would love both of your perspectives on it. And any advice on if that spark starts to dim ways to keep it alive? Thanks so much. That's a great question, Rachel. It is. I'm going to call you Raquel, but I know it's not. That's not (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So speaking to the fading, it is a common thing actually for people, but I think it's certainly circumstantial. Mm Mm-hmm. 
uh, I know a lot of people <laughs> who are in longer term relationships I've seen throughout my life where that's been the case. Mm-hmm. And I also think a lot of those people have really poor communication skills. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, um, or have subscribed to like the, okay, we've, this is it, we've made it. So now yeah. life kind of just fills us out. And there's, um, and so I, I relate to that. You know, I have a partner uh, that I've been with almost five years now, and I, th- I can relate to that same thing of like for a very long time, it's been just like our relationship has been deepening and it's mm. been really strong. And, and this wasn't really a present thing because, you know, we also had, it also was dependent on like, we didn't have all these extracurriculars that were going on. We didn't have mm. all these projects we're getting into. And it's shifted a little bit because, you know, uh, she's in school now. I, and I'm also, my jobs have switched and now, and so, so now it's, it is shifting a bit, but it's not from a lack of interest. It's more like, you know, being able to like manage your time Mm -hmm. a bit better. So, you know, at the end of the day, are you two, if you're two are creating things with each other in a relationship and you're investing in like how you connect and grow with each other, it's going to keep that spark alive for a very long time. But if you've kind of subscribed to like, oh, let's just Netflix and chill, Mm. let's just, you know, where your quality time together looks kind of more like doing things together, but apart. Ah. Or maybe even, and I'm not knocking it, but I'm saying if that's what the majority of your time mm-hmm. is becoming, um, where you're not actually doing things or engaged with each other or creating uh, or exploring with each other, mm-hmm. then that's, you could say that inevitably there will be some like maybe fizzle out there. I mean, what's been your experience? Yeah, that? that sounds legit. I think you're speaking to a sense of complacency yes. and routine and sameness, right? Yeah. And this is something Esther Perel talks about a lot. All praise our queen, Esther mm-hmm. Perel. <laughs> and uh, the sameness and closeness can become excessive uh, because it's comfortable. And that's where we get emotional intimacy and a sense of trust and stability. But she always recommends infusing some element of distance in your partnership in some way. It doesn't mean like, oh, see them less necessarily, but try to look at the ways that um, you can infuse into your relationship on a day-to-day or weekly basis, a little distance, whether that's physical distance or um, like distance in polarity. Like if you consider yourselves like opposites on a pole of some sort, um, when you're too close together, like magnets, they're going to stick together and be solid and just in one place, they're stuck together. Uh, there's no movement there. There's no tension is there. It's a resolved tension. The magnets are stuck together. But if you pull those magnets apart a little bit, now there's tension. You can feel the force of the two magnets pulling towards each other. So when you can manufacture some distance, like do your separate hobbies that you're very good at, but you don't share, and then come together and be like, oh, here's what I was working on today. Oh, here's what I was up to. And Uh, enjoy the differences between you instead of the sameness about you. So like really highlighting the things that um, make you different or opposite or just one person's really great at one thing and the other person's not and um, vice versa and different skills. Uh, Maybe going to a party and not being joined at the hip the entire party together. Like uh, watch them interact from across the room and admire them in the way that of like, oh, maybe other people are seeing them from across the room right now too and admiring how sexy they are. And like, hmm, I remember that feeling when I first met them and admired them across the room. And like you see them with those fresh eyes again. And I think that's powerful because that draw that stirs the inner pot of like desire and excitement and longing and wanting. And I think um, if you have too much closeness, too much sameness, there's no opportunity or space for that desire to blossom again. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, that complacency you were talking about just Netflix and chill. That's a lot of sameness. That's a lot of like, we're doing the same thing together at the same time. We're feeling the same feelings, et cetera. Where's the difference there? Where's the polarity? Yeah. I like how you said that. And thank you, Esther Perel, for that. Too. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, so, you know, in addition to add to speaking to that, yeah. So it is a valid statement, but also, um, it's not your fate. It's yeah. like it's not inevitable. It, it's not. It's a common fate for people because that's like what they know, and they mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people do kind of fall into it because that's mm-hmm. easy in a sense. Mm-hmm. It is harder to like put effort into something that's longer term, and mm-hmm. and you may not feel that right now, but there you know whenever there's other real life thing challenges that come up, there will be you know which inevitably will happen. That can certainly put a dampen you know damper on the relationship or your sex life and and all that sort of mm-hmm. thing. It doesn't have to. Um, completely bring it to a crippling halt, but mm-hmm. it is something that can be worked on. And also, just like I think, also looking at you know not just a complacency, but also just making sure that your quality time is qual- stays like that quality. Uh, yeah. And so, um, and so, like you know, making sure that like, if you live together, make sure you have intentional time apart, mm. and that you have intentional time with each other. Not like oh, we're we're in the same house, so let's just hang out when we're free right it's more like no let tuesday and friday is our date nights or something Mm. so we're gonna go out or do something that's like intentionally with each other and then other times you can go out see friends or spend time by yourself but uh it's just like not taking your partner's time for granted Mm -hmm. i think is a really important piece especially that when you live together yeah it's like how do you create you know like you said that creating that the distance in a sense and it doesn't have to be always physical distance, but just like, you know, you are still yourself as an individual. And I think what happens, like we start getting way too, you know, overly enmeshed. Mm-hmm. And then now it's, uh, you can't see the forest for the trees. You can't see, you know, you and the other person are just so intertwined with everything that it's hard to, um, you lose sight of that person that you met the first time that you had, you know, eyes of them across the yeah. room. Yeah, you know? uh-huh, uh-huh. I think another factor at play is novelty and the lack mm, thereof. Yes. So if you're used to doing the same types of things on dates, if you're having the same type of sex all the time, you know, it's like a warm blanket. It's your favorite sweater. It's comfortable. It's predictable. It's the same every time. You know you're going to like it, but there's no um, intrigue. There's no mystery. There's no uh, spontaneity or unexpected things to happen in any of those spaces. So introducing the concept of novelty in as many ways as you can, like go places you've never gone, try new activities you've never tried in terms of hobbies or experiences, take a painting class, take a wine tasting class, um, travel to a town you've never been and be tourists for a day and just explore. And sexually, yeah, you're going to have to like bring some new stuff in there because, um, we associate specialness and, you know, things that are interesting with things that are novel and new. So for example, if you, if your favorite dessert is, you know, flourless dark chocolate cake, like mine is, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could have that chocolate cake every day and you know, you love it. It's your favorite damn thing. But after a while, it's not going to become interesting or new anymore. It's the same cake and you still love it a lot, but it's not special. It's not unique. There's no novelty anymore about it. So changing things up in your sex life 
is going to introduce that feeling of novelty and newness. Uh, even though it's the same person, what you're doing is new. Mm-hmm. Um, so buy some interesting sex toys. Try watching some porn together. Try out some positions you've never done. Have sex in parts of your house you haven't had sex in yet. Like, uh, See ways that you can like mix that up and introduce a little bit of newness. It doesn't mean every time. It doesn't mean it's all on your shoulders either. Like You have to be the creative one to always come up with what the new exciting thing is going to be. It should be a team effort, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully this gives you some ideas of where, how to, to continue the relationship. And yes, like, you know, to wrap it up in a nutshell, there are things you can do. And even if it starts going in that direction, just notice it and mm-hmm. do something about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love it. <laughs> All right, our next letter comes from Ben the Carpenter. He's a 45-year-old straight man, a uh, poly man, and he writes, uh, my newish partner, Serenity, and I started dating right before the beginning of the pandemic. For context, I really value my alone time and independence in a relationship. I like a lot of space. My schedule was weird at the time, so we saw each other pretty frequently, like a few times a week, which isn't my preferred dating format. I prefer to spend most of my time with my friends and non-romantic connections. I have a longer-term partner, Claire, who I've been with for five years, and we see each other more like twice a month, which is ideal for me. I figured once my schedule and the NRE settled down, Serenity and I would decrease our frequency to something more like what I have with Claire, but it didn't work out that way. When things got really intense with the pandemic, I got really anxious and had a breakdown when I was with Claire. She ended up staying with me for a week to help me out uh, because I was not okay, and she took a lot of time off work. She's an independent contractor and started to turn down gigs. Around that time, we texted constantly through the day and video chatting at night. It was really nice because I needed the support and I knew she was lonely because of how isolated things got for her during the pandemic. But it became the norm and now it's way too much for me. If I don't text her back quickly, she gets a little upset or worried. She always wants to know what I'm up to, what my plans are for the next day, uh, when we're going to hang out next, etc. I find myself not having energy for Claire anymore because I'm spending so much on Serenity. I honestly feel like I can't breathe in this relationship, and I wonder if she's attempting to pull me away from Claire. There are parts of that the relationship that are beginning to feel emotionally manipulative. Uh, manipulative. But then when we're together, she's kind and loving and seems to cherish me. I've tried reiterating that I value my independence and reminded her that I don't define relationships. At the same time, I feel like I've I've crossed multiple boundaries I've set for myself due to the circumstances of my schedule changes and the pandemic. And I don't know, don't like how it feels. Hmm. That's a, that's interesting the way that all developed. Thank you for writing Ben. Yeah. Um, it sounds like this snowballed out of, uh, per, like it snowballed into something bigger than you wanted it to be. Uh, you may have set some norms at the beginning of this relationship that Claire, maybe likes like maybe it sounds like this is a norm for her and how frequently you interact and and communicate and it's not a norm for you so she may be under the impression no matter much how much no matter how much you say i value my independence i need a lot of space if you're not living that she's going to take your actions as more weighty than your words so um yeah you're saying all this stuff about how much space you typically want but that hasn't been the way you've been living so right. far So she only has this context of you that's this one way, right? And so when you're wanting to pull away, she might be 
thinking like, oh, something's wrong. Why is it changing? This isn't normal for us. So she may not like really have internalized the reality that like you prefer a lot more space. Um, so I think you're going to have to like have a really honest conversation and be like, look, something has to change for me to feel excited and, um, respected in this relationship. And like that, my preferences matter to you. So we're going to have to rework this and maybe make some compromises. And I wonder if it's going to work for her. She might be like, yo, I want a partner that I talk to every single day. And if that's the case, you guys are at an impasse. You know, I don't know how you could remedy that when you just have very different and opposing needs. Are you hearing that in this letter? Yeah, that's why I am. And I worry that, yeah, it's, it does sound like you have to pull the, the brakes. Mm-hmm. And I would agree with the conversation. When we overstep our own boundaries and don't honor them, then yeah, then we're not, we're kind of become flaccid with our words. Mm. It's a weird way to call words, but. <laughs> hey, I like it actually. Yeah, that yeah. that makes a lot of sense. And, um, and so I was thinking just like the uh, sexual innuendo. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, hey, we're a sex advice podcast. So. That's right. <laughs> so as, as such, then she's like, well, you're saying this thing, but this is actually happening. Mm-hmm. So, um, And it sounds like she's taking full advantage of that in the sense that you're showing her this different side of it. Maybe this is a side that she's been really wanting from you. Mm-hmm. But again, it comes down to if this doesn't work for you, then you need to just make uh, setting those boundaries, but also enforcing them and talking about like, is this going to work for you? Because right now it doesn't for me. I feel overwhelmed or I don't feel, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, you know, it's like when I'm with you, it feels one way, but then when I'm apart, this is what I'm I'm experiencing. Yeah. And it's really hard for me to balance. And like, I know that there were some extraneous circumstances that resulted in a shift in this way, but this is not the norm for me. You know, and I, I relate to like have needing alone time and needing mm. sometimes to like, um, to step away so I can take care of my, my own needs. And it is just like, you have to be solid with your word. You mm. have to be able to enforce that. And, you know, as tempting, if I have a night to myself and then someone reaches out to me to hang out, it's like, I have to make sure that I don't just forego my plans and my yeah. self time to like, okay, just this one time, because that one time becomes every time. Ah. <laughs> and so um usually i mean yeah that's that's legit yeah. <laughs> yeah sometimes people don't respect you time that you've reserved for you as equally valuable to if you had made plans with someone else so let's say a partner calls you and they're like hey like come over tonight i'm horny i want to hook up or whatever and you had made plans just to be by yourself that night and if you told her that she might be like oh, well, like, can't you just come over and like change what you're doing? But would she have asked you that if you were like, oh, I have plans with my other partner tonight? Yeah. You know? That's interesting. Yeah. Like, well, culturally, we like plans with other people. It's a shitty thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you cancel on that person to hang out with me? Because yeah. I'll get the benefit, but that's really shitty. Yeah. Because that happens either way around. Yeah, Not yeah. cool. But plans with yourself, it's like, oh, that's, you can have plans. You get time for yourself anytime. Right. No, actually. Yeah. You can't Legit. on this Tuesday night. No, I can't. <laughs> right? Maybe we need to start phrasing it differently. Like, oh, I can't hang out tonight because I have plans with my best friend, Meg. <laughs> you know, like, like when I like I would say that about yeah, myself, yeah, yeah. you know, and you could be like the same for yourself. Yeah. I have a like, hot date with my my, my Fernando self. Yeah. Fernando. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> so do you 
Are you dating? No, you're just right. like, no, no. <laughs> it's just me, but yeah. it's a date still. <laughs> yeah. It's as valuable as a date with another person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do we, why do you think we do this? Is it because culture, do you think it, it's because we don't, um, is it because how we value ourselves or Ooh. don't value ourselves? Yeah. I bet there's a cultural norm around leaky boundaries here where like other people have the right to like demand your time and you're expected to give it up to them because your time is like more valuable when it's like for them, but not when it's for you. I think there's, yeah, a lack of understanding that other people have. Some people do really feel entitled to like other people's time. And, uh, and that's a bad boundary issue. (laughs) And I don't think we are ever modeled or educated in our society on how to exhibit good boundaries and how to communicate compassionately about like, well, Tuesday night I had scheduled for myself, uh, but I'm excited to hang out with you next time I see you Friday or whatever. Uh, I don't see that often. Like when was the last time in a movie or a sitcom or something you saw somebody exhibit a healthy boundary like that around their own time, right? Never. Never. (laughs) I I don't know any examples. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But that's something that we should have in our vernacular, like a thing that we can say on a weekly basis if we need to. Um, So yeah, it's not something you see or hear often enough. This makes me think of like the first real letter in a way, because by having time to yourself and enforcing it, you're mm. also, it's that lack of availability. Cause if you're always available, like, Oh, I'm free this whole entire week, mm-hmm. you know, pick a day, mm-hmm. pick a time, mm-hmm. you know, then, um, there's probably something about, well, if you're available all the time, then I don't need to reach out as much because I'll, I could pick it, you know, last minute, oh. you know, but then if you are less available, like, you know, I only have this day available. If not, I'll see you the following week. Mm-hmm. Then maybe there's something to be said about that. That's the maybe sense of novelty or um, like encourages the time to be quality because it's not frequent ah, or as frequent. A little scarcity. Yeah. Oh, increases value. I could see that. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. But, well, I hope this is something that you're able to communicate, Ben, in a way that like you let her know that, hey, this isn't a statement on how much I like you. You know, it's not like you're less interesting or attractive to me now. It's just like we started off on an, under unusual circumstances. And now that life is kind of settled out, we need to recalibrate. And I want to do this with you, not like impose this upon you. And if she shows resistance, then like, and is unwilling to compromise, then maybe that does show a little bit of emotional manipulation that's going on. And you can consider stepping back from the relationship if you need to there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you have to respect yourself first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And it is it is like enforcing sharing boundaries is hard because mm-hmm. we don't know because some people will take them well, some people don't. Mm-hmm. But it's you're doing this for you. And if they can't respect that or if they're like that doesn't work for them, it's like that's fine. Then I'm and then I'm going to then this isn't going to work because I need to be with people who understand and can respect that. Mm. I love that. Well said, Fernando. <laughs> so best of luck then. And our third letter comes from Lori, a 37-year-old straight woman. She writes, hey, guys, I'm struggling with my partner's facial hair when he goes down on me, and I don't know what to do. He's so great at giving head, and his beard is so hot, I can't give up either one. (laughs) But my pussy gets raw from the friction, and it often makes it difficult for me to enjoy the head I'm getting. Sometimes I have to ask to stop entirely and switch to PIV sex. And the PIV sex is great, don't get me wrong. I just would love to get off first from oral that's my jam and he loves doing it 
He's tried changing the angle of his face or sticking his tongue out more so his cheeks and chin don't press against me. What are you laughing at? Because I imagine like changing the angle of your face, you're changing from like a square to a oh. circle. You know, just I don't know, something dumb. That's, <laughs> That's very what, funny. What my mind went. <laughs> so his cheeks and chin don't press against me, but that really restricts what he can do and the effect isn't as good. Help. Man, we got to strategize this one. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with dental dams? Uh, I haven't used one, but I know about them. Yeah, I haven't yeah. used one either, but I wonder if that could be a potential option. Yeah. Because it's like, from my understanding, it's just like a little sheet that mm-hmm. you um, just put over. And it, it can be great for having safe oral sex, you yes. know, as a, a way of protected oral mm-hmm. sex. And so maybe if that doesn't diminish the quality of the experience, mm-hmm. that that could be a very nice like alternative. So that way you have... So maybe a layer to like protect a little bit and, yeah. and maybe some scruffiness. They're sounds- smooth and slippery and you can put lube on it yeah. and they're disposable. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder too. Well, I, I was thinking like shave, like shave, of course, but it sounded like you said that his beard is so hot. So I'm like, that sounds like it's not an option. I can relate. I love beards. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> Well, what have you, have you had this experience, Meg? Like what? So much. Yeah. I mean, I've mostly have shaved for so long, so I'm like, I don't, uh, I haven't run uh, every once in a while I have, I but it's mostly just, what have I done in those situations? It's mostly, yeah, either switching to like hands or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it, it tends to be like, I just need to shave it tends to be the resolution for me. Yeah. But. I could see how people who like to have a little bit of stubble and that's their look could shave. And then like, Oh, it comes back like the next day, but people have like put work into their beards and like have <laughs> something a little more substantial. They don't want to just hack the whole thing off. Um, I think a top tip would be beard oil, um, oh. which you can buy, uh, all kinds of places, but you can also get like really nice essential oil mixes that are made for beards specifically. Mm-hmm. And it'll add a nice little scent, um, and it softens the hair significantly, which tends to be just so coarse and scratchy to begin with. Um, and if you don't want to expose your pussy to like weird essential oils, like that may not always be a good idea. Um, you could use uh, some really basic oils. Just find one that works, that doesn't react on your skin. So maybe coconut oil, maybe olive oil. And if you're going to use a condom, obviously know that the oil is going to affect the effectiveness of the condom. Um, you can also use a lube uh, like have him put a little lube on his face and make some, make it light and fun, you know, don't, and he can wash it off afterwards. Yeah. Maybe it's weird in the moment, but fuck your pussy's going to be really happy about it. So is mm. it worth it? I think silicone lube is a good option because it's okay. unflavored, it's unscented and it's very soft and it like makes your skin and hair very softening. So, um, so you could try that. Yeah. Yeah. My mind just went to like weird alternatives. Like, really? <laughs> like, uh, I'm just like imagining it, like a paper, like a piece of paper, and then cutting out <laughs> eye holes and then a mouth hole, and then just going, uh. <laughs> I mean, you could make that weird and kinky for sure. Yeah. You or get do a, that. a mask or something. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, you could get like a really shitty rubber mask and do it, or you could have like something that's, I don't know, what, I don't know what's even out there, but I'm sure something that could form to your face. Yeah. Um, if you're into the latex thing, then yes. you could also do like, I guess like a latex max over your face mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. just the holes. And that would probably be another way to do it. Yeah. Um, Get weird with it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, um, hopefully he would be down to try some alternative options cause it's in service of your pleasure and the connection you guys are having in that moment, you know? Um, 
And yeah, like math, hey, maybe it's this is like what you can use uh, pandemic masks for now that they're not needed anymore. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Loop it around your ears, but then just pull it below your mouth so it covers the beard part. Oh, damn. Boom, just save the landfills millions of masks. <laughs> damn. Look at you. That's fucking brilliant. Now everyone's going to be like, I need, I like, do you have any spare masks? I need all of them. <laughs> totally, right? It's like a little hammock for your beard to sit in while your mouth is busy. <laughs> now, what about, well, I guess like if they had, if they had like a mustache or something, Ooh, that's also, yeah. that's where you cut, you just get the, like the paper mask, cut the whole <laughs> right. problem solved. Yeah. Cool. Well, I hope that uh, one of these works for you. <laughs> I can't believe that now we have another use for these fucking pandemic masks. Right? Yeah. Hey, I'm keeping it as a souvenir for this time in my life. (laughs) And honestly, I'm a little disappointed because I ordered a few sequin masks that I think are so freaking cute. And I was going to use them for my circus performances. And then I didn't get gigs that required them uh, or like gigs at all. Obviously, I wore sparkly masks that that were homemade and kind of janky to gigs. And then I was like, damn it, I'm going to like order some nice ones now i have all these really cool sequin masks i never got to wear so is there post pandemic is there any other practical i mean as a hobbyist sewist i can like use the fabric for something else maybe a bikini top you know cut it in half and make Mm. a little couple triangles i don't know make it like a necklace thing or something or something yeah yeah Alas, well, now hopefully you all have uses for your softer cotton masks. <laughs> no sequins on the pussy, unless you're into that. No shame. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have a letter or alert, someone writing in like, hey, like someone's using sequin masks on my pussy. It's not working. <laughs> right. It's just as bad, if not worse, as a beard, I would right. say. Ooh, ooh, yeah. not, a, not a good texture. No. <laughs> You can probably tell we spend several hours each week creating these juicy podcast episodes for y'all, and we do it because we love you, and we want you to have the best love life ever. While the show is free for you to listen to, it does cost us time, money, and energy to create. If you've learned something new, received valuable advice, or had a few laughs, we'd appreciate you donating the cost of a cup of coffee each month via Patreon. Your support helps keep this podcast free for everyone and sustains our ongoing growth and mission to open the hearts and minds of people everywhere about relationships and sexuality. For just five bucks a month, you'll get a bonus episode each month, the ability to vote on spotlight topics, and prioritization of your letter in our submission queue. There are additional subscription levels with even more tantalizing goodies, so go to patreon.com slash headoverfeelspod to subscribe. That's patreon.com slash headoverfeelspod. All right. Thanks for writing in, Lori. All right. So we're going to get into our spotlight topic today, which is about sex toys and more specifically about sex toys, the shame that is associated with sex toys. Mm -hmm. We kind of started talking, starting the conversation earlier, but Mm -hmm. I guess I'd like to open up to you, Meg. Do you have any... So you mentioned like any experiences or someone who's like subtly implying that the toys were not really cool yeah, with them. Yeah. They weren't agreeing with the toys. Not uh, the toys weren't agreeing with them. <laughs> right. I've had a few boyfriends who I think projected their insecurities on me about it. And when I suggested using a toy during sex together, they were against it. They were like, no, um, like, why do you need that? You know? And I'm like, well, it's not like I need it, but I do enjoy it. What's wrong with that? You know? Or they would say like, 
Um, you should be able to get off by natural ways. This one guy was a very all natural person and like was uh, anti-technology in a lot of ways. And I think that seeped into his sex life in this way where he was like anti like toys because they were um, like a, a bionic way to experience sex. And like, you should be able to just get off by my dick alone kind of thing. And I was like, no, <laughs> Or, or like his hand or his tongue or whatever. I'm like, well, if you're a bunner at that, I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a shy early 20-something, and I did not speak up for myself, and I should have. Uh, I have a question about this guy. Did he <laughs> like condoms? Did he use condoms? No, we went without condoms. Okay. Yeah. I would say, like, is that, like, part of his demo? Like, oh, not natural. Yeah, no like. he, he was always like hating on condoms as if they uniquely affected him in some way. I'm like, oh. no, everyone hates condoms. It's not just you, dude. But yeah. but if you haven't tried female condoms, y'all need to get into that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we used them at first when we were starting to date and then we like talked about our health, sexual health and whatnot and yeah. decided to go without. We were monogamous at the time. But uh, yeah, I did not like the vibes of that. <laughs> No, no, that's such a weird, that's like a very pretentious vibe. Totally. Unless he was like amazing, like literally a 10 out of 10 in all the categories. Yeah. And how often is that going to come up? For real. And often like your tastes change over time. You want some variety and form of stimulation. And that way it's like uh, you're just mixing it up together. It's not a commentary on his um, sexual prowess or his like implying that he's inadequate the way he is and you need to supplement his skills with this machine. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, yeah, my, in my experience, I haven't, I think growing up, like no one really had toys. <laughs> ah. And I forget when I was like something introduced, but I was like, yeah, it sounds cool. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I, um, I always thought it was like a fascinating thing because it was, you know, this is just a new and different way to for pleasure. It's like cool. Like we're it's like me and the toy are tag teaming. Yeah, partners. totally. That's a great way to look so, at it. Yeah. So it's like I like they're not gonna have a full on relationship with this toy. I mean <laughs> I won't judge if you do or don't. But um but you're not gonna have like a full on romantic relationship um with a, a toy like there's things that it cannot provide cannot provide like emotional support it can't provide, yeah you know it's pretty much there for one very specific you know thing yeah but that all being said it is nice to have like i don't know i think we're we're creatures of experience mm-hmm. and we like to experience and try different things mm-hmm. and we also um and I think we just have to let our curiosity fly. Like if you've never tried a cock ring before, you mm-hmm. should, I would highly recommend trying that and see how it feels. Mm-hmm. Toys are just there to supplement the experience. Yeah. Um, and, you know, also consider that you, you're you not a machine. And just because your hand doesn't, you know, I was making it earlier, like you're not, your fingers aren't going to vibrate at this rate, you know, a thousand vibrations yeah, a minute or whatever. Real. You're going to get tired. Mm-hmm. And it might be nice to bring out the toy when you're like, hey, like my tongue's tired or my fingers are, but I want to do this so that I can bring you to orgasm. It's yeah. A, it's it's a partner in crime. It's your, it's your aid. It's your helper. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also like a way when you explore with different toys, it's a way just to connect with your, it's just like different experiences, you know, with your partner outside of the bedroom, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't just go to the same restaurant for brunch every Sunday. Totally. You're going to change it up. You might go to brunch on a Saturday yeah. or fuck it. You're going to both call into work and go on a Thursday. Right. Um, <laughs> but, um, and, and it's like those kind of experiences are what like bring you together because you're trying new and different things. Mm-hmm. You're kind of, you know, in a sense, there's that, the, 
it's like the, everything in this episode is all in, in reflective of each oh, other because yeah. there's like this is helping with novelty you know mm-hmm. keeping novelty alive and and freshness in the relationship so toys and the same thing like if you always go back to like missionary style or you do a certain way mm-hmm. you know that's after a while it's going to get really comfortable and so what we want to do is be able to kind of shake it up a little bit it's not like those things are wrong mm-hmm. but if you just get used to the same thing then you're going to get bored right right and I think there's some societal opinions about um, sex toys as taboos that everybody's internalizing still. And um, we want to destigmatize that. I mean, it's decreasing more and more over time, but there's still a lot of effort that needs to be made here to help normalize the use of sex toys instead of seeing them as like a freakish, kinky thing to have or um, a thing that signals some kind of sexual dependence or. Um, hedonism or um, like weird secret obsessions, like it's dirty, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, there's an ego issue here that men in particular, I've noticed, have around this, that sex toys are a commentary on how good they are and that it's mm-hmm. a sign they're not being good enough if a sex toy is introduced um, and that, or that it could replace them. You know, some boyfriends have asked their girlfriends, like we've seen this in some letters we've gotten yeah. to like, they, they've told their girlfriend not to use vibrators, even when they're alone. Like it's totally normal and healthy to masturbate alone, even if you're in a partnered relationship, because your sexual pleasure is your own experience. You're allowed to have it alone. You're allowed to have it with someone else. And they're two very different experiences. Like the sex I have with myself is really different from the sex I have with someone else. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and true. as it should be, you know, like it's your own little private time so when people internalize and take it as a common like their self-esteem gets hurt by someone else having or suggesting a sex toy shows that there's a little work that needs to be done there and this isn't just men this definitely happens with people of many all of all genders but i just want to call out that this is like a very ingrained dynamic between the sexes um and that it bears examination for everyone's embetterment because men can and should use sex toys too, in my opinion. Mm. And it's less common. Do you think it's more stigmatized for men to have sex toys? I, I, would, I guess, yeah. I kind of think so too, which is counterintuitive, right? I, yeah. And I don't even know the full gamut. I mean, you know, there's like cock rings. I mean, if you are into pegging, you can, you have that mm-hmm. for yourself. Strap ons. Um, but then, you know, I know that they have what, what they call it, a uh, flashlight, I think. Flashlights and yeah. pocket pussies. Yeah. yeah. So, that one is an interesting one because I I think for a while I had this thought and I I don't I don't know where I stand with it right now because mm-hmm. we're talking about this and that that I wondered if having like a pocket pussy or a uh, flashlight would that be something that's you know well would that be something that in a sense de- either re- further separates like you know, sexualizes women in a sense. Mm. But then again, you think of dildos and you're like, well, it's the same, yeah. it's the same fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like, re- it's a, it's a replica of the genitals of the type you are attracted to that you can use on your own detached from a person. Yeah. So there is a little like objectification there in a sense. Yeah. Right. But I, it's just, again, a tool to get you off, to get your pleasure. Yeah. yeah. So maybe the problem becomes more so when it's like, using it in replacement mm-hmm. of connection with another person mm-hmm. um because yeah like self uh, using any tool with your own self is great is a great asset mm-hmm. i've never used a like a pocket pussy or flesh <laughs> like myself but um but yeah like when we talk about like put it so plainly then yeah mm-hmm. it is just the inverse of like what a dildo you know, provides for sure and 
Um, and I feel like pretty okay with dildos. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, if you were like in a romantic partnership and that was like, you're just like, oh, I'd rather use this thing instead of, you know, engage in mm-hmm. physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably un- a sign of like many underlying problems. In sure. There. Yeah. And, and it's, it's weird that like men are expected to be very sexual and the sexual initiators and the sexual aggressors and the ones who lead a partnered experience. And yet um, there's so many silly assumptions we have about men who have sex toys. Like I think the stigma around a guy who owns a fleshlight is like, oh, he's uh, unable to get a girlfriend. He's um, like, it's, he's sad. It's a sad dude who's, um, you know, unable to like get partnered sex. So he's going to settle for solo sex. And that doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me because do we, feel that way about women with vibrators and dildos? Like, no, we don't. don't. Yeah. And they're also missing out on a lot of sensations they could have if they're internalizing this societal shame. So like men could really be enjoying a lot of prostate play if they got themselves a prostate toy Mm. to stimulate that. It's like, you guys have this whole other organ that's like really fun if you want to explore it and you can on your own with these toys. And yet, um, maybe it's seen as gay and there's homophobia around that about like, Oh, putting anything up your own ass. Like that must mean you're into men. (laughs) 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 so i think that's some more of it that's behind it too and like what does it matter if you if you do you know yeah for real i have a really cute blood plug um that is a that's got a tail it's got purple tail attached to it so um it's a if i'm not warmed up it's a little intense because it's like a walking around with it's weird i know people apparently do that for long periods of time uh but how do you like walk and make it look natural that would be really hard Yeah, I almost kind of want to walk a little, and maybe it's just like I'm. I haven't used it a whole lot, but it's like I look cute with it. I'm like I have a purple fucking tail, <laughs> but I also feel um, it, it. It's a little intense at first, and then when you're like, I'm like, I, I feel like it's going to just fall out, but it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's definitely mm-hmm. being held in there. <laughs> but it's it's just like you know, I, I don't know. I like being curious, and that sensation is a whole different thing, you know. Yeah. Tool, uh, t- sex toys are a great tool to augment what the human body can do, right? Because we only have two hands. And if you want a lot of stimulation, like if you want your nipples touched and your clit sucked and something in your pussy and something tickling your butt all at the same time, like humans don't have enough hands for all that. That's really difficult to do, right? Yeah, but with toys. But with toys, <laughs> you can achieve the impossible. Yeah. <laughs> and like credit to Dan Savage for this metaphor, but I really loved uh, the idea that uh, sex toys of all kinds are tools that help you build an orgasm together. It's like building a house. You're going to need screwdrivers. You're going to need hammers. You're going to need all kinds of different tools. And so you build the house of orgasm together yeah, with your so partner. So you need dildos. You need vibrators, <laughs> <laughs> cock rings, and uh, yeah, right? spiky wheels, blindfolds, and rope, and all the fun things. Right, because, like, do we shame parts of the body as being insufficient? Like, oh, the only, like, real or valid orgasm comes from a penis penetrating a vagina, but if it's your finger, that's a a less valid orgasm. Like, no, an orgasm is an orgasm. Yeah, no matter what. You can get it many different ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of weird that we put these meanings on things that doesn't need to be there. And in fact, it holds us all back. It does us a disservice by inhibiting our sense of exploration and experimentation and just having that open-minded, expansive definition of sex to begin with, right? Like sex can involve all these objects and body parts and sensations, and it's all still sex. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's important to keep in mind. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't already, um, 
we encourage you to experiment. Yeah. And if you're holding on to these views, like start maybe hopefully this becomes a dialogue to start like questioning and and breaking some of those stigmas and just like say you know what does fucking matter like we are beings of pleasure mm-hmm. and we if we have the, we have the luxury um, to be able to explore this stuff. So why not find out to what uh, degree that we we can be our own little sluts in our own little world <laughs> yeah, and and then. And also in sharing that with others as well, you know. So the next time your partner asks you to like whip out the strap on or bring out the, uh, you know, the dildo so she can have it in her ass while you fuck her, like go to town, have yeah. fun. Like, cause she's gonna, you know, you, um, you know, whether regardless of a gender or anything, you're going to be able to, exp- you know, both experience something pretty fucking fantastic. Yeah. Consider it a compliment. She wants to share her toys with you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's the adult version of sharing toys. Oh my God. <laughs> Play together. <laughs> we love recommending books to you on this podcast, and we want to make it super easy for you to use these incredibly helpful resources in your own love life. That's why we've teamed up with Audible, which has thousands of titles of all genres, which you can listen to while driving, cleaning, cooking, or any other activity. We don't judge. If you sign up through our link, you can get one free audiobook and one free month trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash headoverfeels. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. To submit your question, go to our website, headoverfeelspod.com. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at headoverfeelspod. Please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and review in your podcast app of choice. See you next week.